to A Good Place to Start. My name is Zach Robb. I am the founder and CEO of the Insight Shopping app. Uh, here at A Good Place to Start, uh, we tell amazing stories, um, helping you guys get started in your entrepreneurial path. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest, my good friend, Kevin Oslin. Uh, he started a company called Zapplify, and they are really getting things going with his company. How is, how is life going, Kevin? Yeah, thanks a lot, Zach. Well, it's uh, we have a heat wave here in Sweden coming in, so uh, it's uh, 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, life is great. Nice. Okay, very cool. Um, so have you been super busy with everything that you're working on, Kevin? Yeah, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been quite stressful the last couple of weeks. We're, we're, just, we're just in the end of, of uh, doing the final closing of our second uh, round we're bringing in to the company. Okay. So a lot, a lot of work, but super fun. Yeah. And what, what does your schedule look like nowadays? Um, are you up late nights, early mornings, stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, whenever I'm not sleeping, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing, I'm bringing <laughs> up the computer. So uh, both, I would say, early mornings and early evenings. Sometimes there's an, there's an afterwork, but then, uh, you know, uh, you you bring up the computer afterwards as well. Okay, very cool. And I hear they have good food there in Sweden. Is that is that more or less accurate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of burgers and pizzas and frozen dishes. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, cool. it's it's just like it's just like in the U.S. But that's also uh, that's the best type of food there is. Okay. And what, what would you say the biggest difference is? I don't know how, how much time you spent here in the United States. Uh, what, what would you say the biggest difference is you see from like living in the United States to how life is where you're at in Sweden? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the biggest difference is probably the weather because uh, we don't usually have 80 Fahrenheit here. It's, it's uh, <laughs> you know, snow blizzards and... Uh, <laughs> Or, or rain that's 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 that but uh, i guess it's also i mean we're we're 10 million people in sweden so you you have a lot of you have a lot of empty spaces and uh, that's what i like with the us when i'm coming here it's, it's, more, it's more 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 vibrant in another way uh, okay very cool where where have you been in the united states or when was the first time you you made it over here <laughs> I guess the first time I made it over to the U.S. was, I don't know, when I was 12, 13, something like that. I went with my, with my family to Florida and uh, <laughs> <laughs> went, went to, went to uh, the Universal Studios and, and all of that. that was, it was a great time. Other than that, I've been um, in, in, in California and, and, and New York. But I guess California is, is probably my my favorite, my favorite part of, of the U.S. Okay, what I've seen. Very cool. Yeah, um, I actually met Kevin. We met at a startup grind, which is a big uh, tech startup conference, 
And uh, so do you guys do a lot of conferences like that? Or are you guys just constantly, um, you know, getting in, getting in the mix? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we try to do like one, one conference a quarter or, um, or so, but it's, it's always, um, I mean, it's great to be at conferences. You meet a lot of nice people, interesting people and uh, some investors, um, which is great, but it's also easy to get stuck in the conference game and, and forget about developing uh, the startup. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's cool to kind of like, um, yeah, always be, always be in the scene and see what, what other people are working on. Um, yeah. so have you guys gone to a lot of conferences just there locally where you guys are at? Um, yeah, we've been to a few. I mean, a lot of events. There are a lot of events in, uh, in Stockholm, which is, I mean, the, the Silicon Valley of Sweden, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, those those events are uh, fantastic. I mean, uh, it's it's not it's not conferences like three day long conferences, but there are you know events every day basically. So a lot of those. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about what what does Zapplify? Uh, what are you working on now? And what? Uh, what can we look forward to um, in the future of the, of the company you're, you're working on? Yeah, so uh, right now <clears throat> we're bringing in our second round, of course, but uh, as soon as that's done, we will expand our tech team, expand the marketing and sales teams and uh, work on just getting closer to, to the vision and get the products out to as many, as many sales teams as possible. Okay. And what, what is the big vision? Um, so what, what does Zapplify do, do for me if I'm a client working with you guys? Yeah, so, so I mean, Zapplify comes from where you have, you know, you work as a salesperson or a CEO, you want to network or do sales or recruiting or whatever. And you just spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, researching uh, people and, and companies. And then you cross check them with your CRM system. You try to find email addresses to create your, you know, email outreach to those, cold call, et cetera. And there's a lot of struggle going into uh, the communication usually. Uh, and uh, the, what Simplify does is just simplifying that process massively where, where you can find prospects easily, uh, get their contact details and reach out to them in, in one platform, just as a simple step one, step like step one, step two, step three process. And the vision is to um, have, like, Simplify would be the only tool that a salesperson need in order to do to do uh, the sales. So, so instead so, of messing uh, with email and then messing with LinkedIn and over here and over there, it's um, try to just bring that all to a more streamlined process. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And also, more importantly, to learn from the process, to learn like who is my ideal customer profile. Exactly, helps you with that. You get more out of your uh, sales quicker, of course, and, and uh, the customers will also be more happy because there's better, there's a better product market fit in the end. Okay, very cool. So, so it sounds like you're you're helping um, other other businesses. Are these mainly big enterprises? Are these small small businesses, or is it like 
Um, what what scale are we looking at that you guys are working with right now? Yeah, so we're we're focused on SMB slash SME markets, uh, small medium businesses, small medium enterprises, and uh, not that much in enterprises actually. Because what we found is that there are really good tools for enterprises already, and they have the organization and the processes to have a pretty scattered tool stack because they have people working, you know, only with integrating that and educating internally and just putting a lot of time into making the sales process a lot better. So our tool is more for the smaller, like up to 250, 300 employees. They have a sales team of maybe five to 20 people or sometimes sometimes more, sometimes 40, 50, but um, that's, that's our niche uh, as of today, at least. Second round here. So um, um, it's been, been quite a quite a hectic week and uh we're uh, yeah ready to get into the second kind of ch chapter of Sapplify now okay very cool and where where exactly in sweden are you at so i'm in the southern part uh which is quite quite a bit from stockholm actually the capital city so it's close to copenhagen and uh, uh, our, our main office is in, is in Stockholm, but we have a second one in the Southern Sweden. There's a lot of universities there and we've, uh, we've found that it's a great place to kind of launch, you know, with a tech team and so on. Also very close to Poland where they have great developers. So we've put our two, two tech offices in the Southern part of Sweden and Poland. Very cool. And so, yeah, Kevin, tell, Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, did, did you grow up in that area? And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, going through your education and more academic academic world. Yeah, exactly. So yes, I, I grew up not far from here actually on the countryside in a very small village with 2000, <laughs> 2000 inhabitants and uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, when growing up like that, we had one bakery, one gasoline station, and that's about it, houses. <laughs> and um, when growing up like that, I guess it's, it's very easy to get bored. <laughs> so, so like, I mean, uh, this, the, the whole kind of, you know, either you're you're just living there for the rest of your life, or you you can't wait to just move out from there. And I was I was that second type of a person. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it was like one day I, I I woke up and I was I was bored as usual. So uh, I was ten and I uh, just heard heard that um, well, there's something called programming, and I could try out. <laughs> So um, I did some YouTube research and uh, <laughs> found some good tutorials on, on how, to, how to create your own game, basically. And uh, that's, yeah, I, I, I just sat down and uh, followed the tutorial blindly and uh, created this first little, little game and uh, realized that this was the most fun I'd ever done. 
So uh, I continued with that and I did that for, I guess, two years. And, what, what, uh, kind of, what kind of computer were you using in those days? I was using, I was using like a mini PC with, you know, 512 megabytes of RAM or something like that. Nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah I, it was actually the first language I, I ever tried was, it's called QBasic. Uh, I think, I think it was invented in like the 80s or something with a blue screen with white text. And it was like a 8-bit game where you could uh, hunt do, do some you know it was like hunting for hunting birds basically nice. <laughs> and uh yeah uh but then i, I moved over to some other like c plus plus and uh, java etc and i just realized that this is the most fun i've ever had but you know then i turned 13 went to uh um what's kind of in between high school and elementary school uh, somewhere there uh and uh uh, realized that programming isn't cool so I actually <laughs> stopped with it for a few years <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, I asked myself okay so what is cool uh, and uh, realized that I, I found that there's something called drop shipping so uh, I, I found this website Chinese website where they sold uh, this was just after the first iPhone had launched, well, iPhone 1, and I found a watch which was basically like an iPhone with a touchscreen, camera, MP3 player, Bluetooth, which was really fancy back then, of course, and uh, uh, real, this, this, was, this was before Apple Watch, like four years before, so, and it was only like $90 or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between them. So I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, I'll I'll bring in some of those, like five watches. And I tried to sell them on um this was before Facebook Marketplace, but you know, corresponding like like on eBay basically. Tried to sell them yes. there. And they went away in like a few days, all five of them. So wow. then I bought 40 and did the same thing. <laughs> Uh, and there's these, these things were, you know, just passing by, you know, uh, the inbox basically. And just because, because people thought that they were, they were really cool. So I realized that, uh, I need, I need to automate this in some way. So I, I created, um, uh, and you know, since I came from programming, that's when, um, the, the light bulb for me came that, you know, you can you can you can do money by programming and doing the business side as well, of course. Uh, and uh, you know, um, I was 13, 14, so it, it was it was kind of new to me then. But um, that's that's when basically tech and business met for me, and and I found out that. Uh, th this is what what I want to do for the rest of my life, basically, uh, to um, combine those two worlds into one. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And then, did you so did you actually go to college then for programming? Or um, yeah, so we we have a little different 
school system in Sweden. So we we do our like elementary school until we're 18, 19. Um, so I uh, had some more years left, but um, there's there's one, like the last year in, in high school slash college was basically, um, it was a course where we did, you could create a company with your friends. So you built a team, you built an ID, you built a company, uh, and uh, you were doing that for, for two semesters. And um, we built something, uh, basically if I translate it, it's the everyday kitchen, which was a platform for stressed people, singles, and students basically that they, they want to cook, but they don't have the time for it. So it was like 15 minute, uh, minute re re recipes with, with max six ingredients per, per dish basically. And uh, it, it went really well. Uh, um, so we, I mean, th that's the first time that I really worked with a team like around 18. 18 years old so um, I, I mean there was there was one CEO I was responsible for, for the product we had one on marketing etc and um, that's that's kind of the day where where I knew I wanted to build a startup after that unfortunately my team members uh, didn't want to to do that um, so uh, I kind of I started my own uh, IT consultancy and you know took pause from school basically didn't didn't go to uh, I mean in, in the US it's college after that but uh, it's called university here and um, did that for some time and then I went to university which was um, not programming actually because it, it was more since I felt like I mean, what I, um, I mean, let's let's rewind a little there. Let's let's cut this this part. I mean, it's it's I can I can feel like it's getting kind of long, right? Okay, no worries, no worries. What, what, what do you think? What do you think? Um, no, yeah, just um, yeah, go with the flow, I guess. I, I can cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what was the question initially? Um, so did you ever, what did you study, I guess, when you went to university? Yeah, so I studied something uh, called industrial engineering and management, which was for me what made the most sense, uh, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, like, it's, it's an engineering program where you do a lot of math programming and where I could get those parts that, that I hadn't learned for, from, you know, YouTube and articles online, basically, and um, <laughs> that's together with then you know marketing, uh, how to organize, set up, set up an organization, and um, you know how to build a financial model, all, all of those things as well. Um, but that that is a five-year-long education, and. <laughs> Um, after two and a half years into that, I, I got a LinkedIn message, um, from some dude called, uh, Oscar Collins. And he said that, um, 
or he basically asked me, you know, hey, what's up? So it looks like we've uh, gone gone through the same. Uh, look, looks like we've been on the same path. Uh, it would be nice to sit down on uh, on, uh, on a meeting. You know, that standard message that uh, you, you can get from anyone. And I didn't reply. He sent me a follow-up message. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't reply, etc. And then uh, one day uh, I replied and we sat down. And um, he told me that this sequence was automated. But basically, yeah, he was a sales consultant and I had my own IT consultancy uh, in parallel to the university studies. And we just started to talk about this LinkedIn sequence that he, he, had, uh, he had sent. And we started talking about what he does. And he's basically, you know, he was uh, optimizing sales organizations with bringing them in, you know, a lot of tools, improving the CRM system, setting up integrations. And it all sounded kind of complex. So, and he said that, yeah, sales managers love me, but sales reps, they, they hate me because they get more admin. <laughs> so we, we sat down in this meeting and uh, just realized that there's, well, why haven't anyone built a simple platform to do, to make, you know, make the process super simple, like step one, step two, step three, and have all of this, this value that is brought in from the different tools, but without the, the admin and without the, the, you know, having that scattered tool stack, basically, where you maybe you use LinkedIn sales navigator, you use email enrichment tools to, to find the emails, you do the manual outreach on LinkedIn and email, etc. And that's where Saplify started. Okay. And so, so is this technically your first so this is your first venture or minus the, the startup you did when you were uh, going through school, right? So this is almost your first startup that you've been involved in, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been involved in two other startups uh, where we basically just got you know, through three months or so, but either the team didn't click or um, the idea was too complex or, you know, just uh they failed fast so to say yeah yeah but, but yeah but this was just i mean uh bringing up startup is is uh it requires i mean the, the most difficult thing thing i think is to find the co-founder that is in in the same kind of uh part part of their life and that they can they can you, you can both work as hard and you're, you're also complementing each other and you want to do the same thing and you have the same vision. I mean, there's quite a, quite a lot of different um, things that, that, has to, that have to click. And yeah, it's basically like finding, uh, finding a partner, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, um, it just felt really natural um, to to continue that journey and yeah so basically i yeah i i dropped out that uh, on, on, you know just just a few weeks later um from the university to start Saplify with him okay 
Cool. And yeah, so um, so the podcast is called A Good Place to Start. Um, in your opinion, what is a good place to start um, if you're trying to get into a startup or trying to get into entrepreneurship? What, what in your opinion, is a good place to start? Hello, hello. Yeah, I think I think I lost you there. Oh, um, so in your opinion, what is a good place to start if you're just if you're just getting started and you want to try to do your own thing, get into entrepreneurship? What what would you say is a good place to get started? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, um, I think. Finding what you love is, is, of course, the first step. For me, it was when I uh, realized that I could, I could create a game uh, with, with, uh, with, by, by, by programming. And uh, I could create a website to sell watches or I, I could um, do whatever. And I just felt that this, this, is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And when, when, you, have, when you have that, like fi finding the passion is of course a good first step, but it doesn't start there for everyone. It could also be that you find a problem that you just get so annoyed of, right? And uh, there's there's no solution for it. So you feel you feel this uh, you feel urged to, to solve it, and you, you can't stand uh, continue your life without a, a solution to that problem. So that's that's a different kind of passion where where you just get super motivated about the problem that's how most startups uh begin of course um mm -hmm. but uh it could also be a third thing like finding someone that you feel that you feel you click with and uh it could be a small team or a co-founder or whatever and you 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 have this feeling together that we want to do something, uh, we want to create something. And uh, then you find the problem, you find the passion through that. So those are like, th those, those are the three best places to start in my opinion, either just sitting down reflecting, what is my passion? Or reflecting, or, or just, you know, waking up a day and finding the problem or having someone around you where, where you, you know meeting someone that that you feel the connection with and they want to do something you want to do something but you don't know what but yeah. then you know you, you basically you have a very like early on you could get pretty mutual uh agreement that yeah we want to do something and we have we 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 both want to set our current things aside to do that and then you just sit down and, and find that problem to solve. Those are like three, three concrete, concrete things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how, how long would you say you've been working on Zapplify from that initial, like where Zapplify is an idea to today? How, how long has it been for you guys? Yeah. Um, that's also a very good question. I mean, when we sat down the first time, it was 6th of June, 
2019. And uh, we had like a two hour workshop uh, just to define what is the problem basically. Okay. And then that was in the beginning of the summer. And then during that summer, we created a proof of concept through spreadsheets and uh, you know very simple front end just to create some kind of application and we had a very very basic uh, proof of concept product so that was three months and uh, that's that's the first time we brought in uh, clients so we brought in three like pilot customers and just to validate the does this ID stick or not? And what do we have changed? And of course, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't the best, <laughs> the best product and there, there were many things to change, but that was still like the first 0.0.1 version of Saplify. And I think that's, that's one of my big lessons as well, that um, the whole concept of, of, of failing fast, that you can't, I mean, working on something for uh, for a long time is it's a high risk because when you launch it, if if you work for it for a long time, you want to launch it big, then you just there will always be different opinions, and uh, it it requires the iterations. So, mm -hmm. uh, doing a very very simple, like locked. Uh, private products to just a very very small group of people is that was what what made uh, Saplify be able to grow so so quickly because after this first iteration we had six months uh, six more months until the second iteration and that and at that time we got the final feedback we needed to know what to build like the 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 final MVPs to build after that. And that was the third iteration, which is the product we have today. And of course, we're improving it, improving it continuously still. But um, yeah, that and, was. Uh, yeah, walk us through, um, walk us through how Zaplify started, what the idea was in the in the in the very beginning. Yeah. So the first idea was to uh, create creates a platform to, I mean, the, the idea has been the same uh, since, since the beginning to create a product that just make sales teams work smarter or enables them to work smarter mm -hmm. uh, and faster. Um, but how, the question of how we were going to solve that was what, what changed over time. So we first we thought, I mean, the first product was basically just we wanted to make it too simple. So th there was no, there, there was too little options for sales teams to actually um, do what they wanted, too little flexibility. And then the second iteration was, um, you know, good, but it became a little too complex for the small, for the small, uh, organizations mm -hmm. because uh, they, 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 they didn't know for small organizations they didn't know how to uh, how to optimize and, and how like if you have the tool but you don't have the knowledge 
there's a gap there. So that's when we came into the third iteration, which is the platform we have today, where uh, the whole product is, is made to make it as simple as possible for, for, for anyone to create a sales process which, without failing, basically. And for an SDR, BDR, usually uh, it could be their first job and they, they, don't, they don't really know as, I mean, uh, they haven't had the experience from, from, you know, tons of other jobs often to uh, know how to, how to create, you know, the optimized process okay. for themselves. So, so your, your, uh, client, your clients, like your test clients, so these are companies that are trying to improve their sales process, correct? Yeah, exactly. Or they, they try, they, they want to streamline their sales process, make it simple so okay. that you can remove all the hours of admin you put in every week on, you know, updating the CRM system manually or, um, uh, you know, finding email addresses manually and, uh, you know, searching on LinkedIn, cross-checking it with your CRM system to find are these existing customers or not. All those struggles, everyday struggles of, of, of a, sales rep or BDR, or even a founder of a smaller uh, company or, or the CEO who wants to expand their network and find partners, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, so so it's, it's mainly a B2B startup, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. It's, 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 a, it's a B2B, uh, it's, a, it's a sales tool for B2B companies. Okay, so yeah, you're a business working with other businesses who are trying to streamline their their sales process. Exactly. Very cool. Yes. Okay, so so you have those first. You were working with a small sample to test to the proof of concept. Um, so yeah, continue how you guys kind of evolved and kind of started really picking up speed. Um, it sounds like you guys are on your second round of fundraising, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, we created the proof of concept during those first three months, and then we uh, worked on the second iteration. And back then, it was only me and Oscar, the co-founder. So I was doing uh, the product and and the tech side, and uh, Oscar was doing uh, the sales, basically. <laughs> because okay. in the end, uh, there's only two things you need: uh, something to sell. And something to sell that thing to, <laughs> some someone someone to sell that thing to, yeah, and um, yeah. So we worked on that, and then Oscar and I we met a third potential co-founder who was from London, but he lived in Georgia, the country. So he asked us to come there and start up there because he said that it's a great city. So we moved there, <laughs> met this guy, and uh, started a company in, in, in Georgia with him. But then, you know, uh, he was not on this in the same part of his life as, as we were, Oscar and I. So that's, uh, as, as I said previously, like there was a mismatch there. Uh, so uh, he he uh, basically just decided to to not uh, continue because he, he didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, uh, looked for a tech team in Georgia. We started to 
network around there, etc. And this this was the this was in February, you know, Q1 uh, 2020, mm-hmm. and then in March, COVID hit, and that's when when things just you know changed drastically. So uh, we lost we lost like all clients overnight, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, the Swedish Swedish embassy wrote. Yeah, and the Swedish embassy wrote to us. Uh, they wrote an email that said, read in the subject line, like, to all 60 Swedish uh, residents of Georgia, <laughs> take the first flight uh, that leaves tomorrow. It's going to be the last flight uh, in an indefinite time. <laughs> wow. Leaving the country. <laughs> yeah. So we went home with that and uh, just came back. Sweden then we didn't have the tech team in Georgia yet we, we didn't have uh, the customers so uh, it was it was like a hard reset for for the whole uh, business um, and what we decided to do was to you know just start 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 over start over again on the third on that third iteration that I talked about uh, cool and you guys um, pretty much picked up after. Uh, am, I, am I breaking? Oh, no. No, I can hear you. Um, you guys pretty much picked up after a few months or after uh, coronavirus was kind of going, or you guys were working all the way through it? The pandemic? Yeah, no, we were, working, we were working all the way through it. Okay. So, I mean, all right. So, uh, I could, I could, I could tell the, I could tell that story in in a shorter, in a shorter version if if you wanted. Um, I I think I think that works. Um, uh, All right. But yeah, if you want to tell that, yeah, go ahead. I guess it doesn't hurt to have more takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the initial question for you was, um, you, you said something like. Uh, Oh yeah, so I'll, I'll say the question again. Um, so it sounds like you guys got started uh, with three, you guys were starting with a small sample to uh, proof of concepts. Uh, let us, tell us about how Zapplify has evolved because I know today it sounds like you guys are raising your, your second round of funding. So it sounds like you guys are really picking up speed now. Uh, tell us how, how Zapplify was getting started in the early days. Yeah. So yes, we we started by creating this really simple proof of concept that took three months to, to develop and uh, got some traction, but also a lot of feedback to on what to change. Um, and by then we were also finding we found we found this third potential co-founder who was from London, but he lived in Georgia. And he told us that it's, Georgia is the best. Uh, you should come here and you should, uh, you should start up with me in Georgia. And I'm not talking about Georgia the States, I'm talking about Georgia, the country uh, <laughs> in, in the middle of Asia. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's not like, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a just str- straight, it's not a simple decision to make to just move there um but eventually we did so oscar and i we took our things and mm, 
moved to Georgia to meet this potential co-founder. And he was not, unfortunately, he was not in the same part of his life uh, to start with us. So we, um, we kind of separated after two weeks and Oscar and I was continuing there. At the same time, we found we, we had one partner who helped us develop, you know, the second iteration of the platform. And they uh, were, you know, they had these, these, three, these three developers helping us out uh, coding. Um, so I could focus more on the product and Oscar more on the business. And we had a few clients on the on that first iteration still that were, they, they were paying the bills basically. But then COVID hit because this was in, you know, Q1 2020. So COVID hit and we lost all customers overnight. We lost these three developers through this partner because they went bankrupt. And uh, uh, the Swedish embassy sent us an email saying, uh, the last flight from Georgia is leaving tomorrow. Uh, please take it. Please leave because otherwise uh, <laughs> you might never, we, we don't know when you'll get home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we, we took that flight and, you know, um, it was, it was a hard reset for us because um, all I mean, we, we lost all developers, all customers, and I got the, you know, 20% finished code, code base in a zip file on my email. So we had like, I don't know, $15,000 in the bank or something like that left. So it was either, <laughs> you know, drop the whole thing and uh, I don't know, do something completely else. Or um, the second option to just, see it as a little, view, view it as a little small bump in the road and, and continue. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, and, and, and that's, that's what we did. So uh, we, we said, that, well, basically everything already went to shit. So it can't, can't become <laughs> any worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, so we just, you know, we, we recruited a developer in uh, like a head of development from Poland. We recruited two students from Lund University, like the university close to, to the office then in southern Sweden, and uh, worked with those last $15,000 to real, really shitty salaries for, for like three months. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, managed to, to launch the product when we, when we were like, yeah, just, just very, very close to, uh, <laughs> to going bankrupt. And, uh, yeah, and uh, our, I mean, uh, we had, we had like 50 customers waiting for this product, which was the most annoying part. So we knew that when we launch, we, we will get money, but uh, if, it, if, it, if the product isn't finished, they won't pay. So, <laughs> so, so it was, it was a pretty, it was, it was a big carrot, but, it, but, it, but it was down the road. It was a pretty long marathon to, to, to run to get there. Yeah, yeah. And that's also what, what made it possible, I guess. Because, yeah, I mean, all of us, I, I took two days of vacations, a vacation that, you know, that year. And that was uh, on a Saturday and a Sunday during that summer. <laughs> so, you, so you were working, you were working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's, yeah, that's what 
that's what I mean what we had to do basically <laughs> yeah and so you guys were able to pick up clients again how long did it take until you guys um were able to release um release the yeah. product so this this whole shit storm it happened in march 2020 <laughs> and we, we we finished we finished the product we launched um end of august that year okay it was about five months six wow that's a long time to be grinding <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was also i mean it was very fun because all of yeah. us knew that this is it has a 90 something percent uh, you know risk of, of failing and uh, we're doing it to minimum salaries but if we succeed um it will be a whole different story story so let's do this to, together basically yeah i think i think it was what we needed as well back then because um i mean i think that pressure made that third iteration of the product become good enough for for it to to succeed basically yeah pretty cool so and and so when you guys launched um it was a smashing success or or how how did it go <laughs> yeah <laughs> well <laughs> we had like three months of, of bugs <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and and some some pretty angry customers uh, but the, we also had many many customers uh who were happy and uh told us that uh, they felt like uh, they asked us if it was uh, magic <laughs> behind the platform so that was yeah. uh, that was that was very i mean it was it was fun it was both sides uh both both sides nice. yeah nice and then um so was it shortly after that you guys started to raise your first round or or what did you guys do after that yeah, so I mean, we we got some confidence from that launch, and uh, we, we we felt like okay, so we, we're not burning that much because we were very restrictive, of course, <laughs> with which with with uh, uh, funds since since we didn't have that much. But then when customers were starting to come in, we just felt like let's let's keep this uh, structure and uh, let's bootstrap just throughout the whole uh, journey but as as many other companies that, that bootstrap in the beginning uh, do we came to to the conclusion that yeah we, we can bootstrap we have we have the uh, model to make it happen but it will take time and uh, we we just had to choose either we let it take time and let the time to market tick um because that clock is always uh always ticking of course and um that was the one option or we we bring in some funds and we scale up we triple a team and uh, uh in a few months and, and we we uh, come closer to the to the vision faster mm -hmm. so that's what we did then uh eventually and that was during this like one year after launch like exactly one year after launch, actually, that we that we brought in the first round. Okay, 
so that was that was 2021 then right is when yeah exactly okay. august 2021 and now august 2022 july and, august 2022 we're, we're, and, we're bringing in the second round and how how was that process how how was the fundraising process for you guys for that for that first round yeah so it was it was interesting i mean we we were a very young company of course and uh, we, we had a young product it was only uh six months old when we started to um you know starting to network <laughs> with with investors so to say and it was also COVID. So there were no events but there were very few events to go to some digital ones of course but um it was just a pretty you know locked down world at the moment and we started to use so we started to use i mean our platform is a, a lead generation outreach tool uh, where you do prospecting and you you can find the decision makers contact details and reach out to them so we did that with our own product to get in touch with with interesting people and then um those people that were interested they were very interested in, in in the product so they wanted to some of them wanted to help out and we yes yeah, so they helped us you know find new interesting uh interesting uh, people we had one customer who introduced us to one potential investor who introduced us to like five potential investors etc so it was it was a very like the first month was pretty slow but then suddenly doors were starting to open and we were starting to uh you know we we, we flew out and uh we visited these people and we you know sat down with them and just really tried to sell in the whole concept and why they would invest and then the, you know eventually we had one um one fund who who were super interested so they um we like together with them we brought in the last couple of because it was four investors in that first round we you know we just tried to find some good uh composition of, of, of that group and um then we uh used this lead investor to you know create a term sheet and uh, we got some, you know, term sheets from from angel investors, etc. But we just realized that um, we could get more. Uh, it, it, it would be both like it, it would be interesting to to bring in angels, but still, it's a more future. Um, it's, it's it's more. Can't find the word. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to redo that. I think we yeah. take that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No, you're, you're doing great. Um, so how many meetings would you say you took like before? Um, so you said you got four, four investors. Um, was it kind of a, um, you know, a long process from when you guys decided like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and do some fundraising um to now now you you close your first round was that was that a long process yeah uh 
I mean, it, it was uh, it was longer than expected, I must say, because we thought that, you know, we've been visiting them. They're really sold in to, to the whole concept. We have the composition. We got the term sheet from the lead investor. And uh, we thought that, yeah, let's sign it. And we're, you know, as good as done. And then came due diligence. <laughs> and I mean, nine months after launching the product, not focusing like not not putting any focus into you know uh, getting up the robustness level in the company but more putting all the focus into you know improving the product and improving the sales etc um and then having a due diligence it was it was a lot of uh a lot of questions to answer and a lot of uh sheets and calculations and financial models to to work on so it took it took us probably two months uh, to you know uh, get get ready for, for, for the investment. So we got the term sheet in in June, uh, beginning of June, and uh, we you know yeah got the money in the bank late late August. That was very cool. And then but one... it was or, sorry, yeah, yeah. But it was it was I mean it was worth it definitely because um we oh, how should i how should i put that all right let's let's do that again okay um, but it was it was worth but it was worth it definitely because in the end we had to do that you know structuring eventually either way so uh it was just we did it together with the investors and they were they were understanding. I mean, it was the first investment. We were a young company, etc. So uh, they were hard with us, like hard on us, but they were also, you know, understanding. And in the end, uh, it's just uh, a little, little grinding, but it, it, uh, it is, it is very possible to, uh, to do that kind of clean up or whatever you want to call it uh, yeah. in parallel to the investment. Cool. And yeah, so, so now you guys, um, have a, have a product that works. Um, you raise your first round of funding, which is, which is super exciting for any startup company. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so, so what do you guys, what are you guys working on at that time? Like right after you guys, uh, now you have money in the bank. Now you can really, really get stuff done. What, what are you guys doing at that time? So we, we focused on, I mean, we, we brought in the investment to just scale up the team. So we put out job ads for um, the tech department and sales. Basically, that was that was everything we did. And we built up a customer success department as well, because we knew that or we had understood that if if we put a lot of time into our customers, they will get a lot more value out of the product especially i think it applies to, to to early products and we had tried to put the account manager and the sales team as the customer success manager but it just didn't really work out because uh there's there's a i mean sales as a salesperson i want to sell to uh, as many people as possible and, and bring in new clients so i have a hard time prioritizing my current clients at least that was what we saw so 
bringing in the customer success department and really working on a good process there uh, made the churn uh, go down drastically. Um, so we went from 30% churn, which is very high, in March 20, uh, March 2021 to 10% March 2022. And that's thanks to customer success, uh, mostly, I would say. Very cool. So those yes. were the three functions we just continued to build out. Sales, tech, customer success. Okay. Okay, very cool. And you guys started to grow. Was that uh, like led to further growth? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So one big lesson is that it takes more time <laughs> than you think <laughs> to, uh, to, to go from like 10 people in one office to 30 people across three offices <laughs> that was that was, it was a big organizational challenge mm -hmm. so we didn't get initially we didn't get that growth that we had expected um but um after a while i mean it kind of you know the organization matured and everyone uh, was building their own better ways of working and uh, we uh, got to a point where, where where we are today where we see uh, the sales numbers increasing like every month without adding that many employees but there, there's a big delay <laughs> there, there was a big delay for us from that first investment to actually getting you know a good bang for the buck yeah yeah and then uh so what are you guys working on now and uh what how do you see the future of of zaplify so yeah so right now we're working on uh we're working on you know things like the next expansion strategy how to reach um how to reach out and and really start taking the product really start scaling the product that's that's the one side and the other other part is how can we make the product just not just a sales tool uh, that you know makes sales easier for for the these different uh, roles like SDRs, BDRs, or CEOs, etc. But also how we can with the product make them learn from from Saplify. You know, bring insights that will make their um, you know ways of of reaching out better like what they should write what 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 is my icp what's my ideal customer profile who should i reach out to etc because that's where we found that the real real value is um that a lot of companies they are doing sales etc but they don't really know they don't really know what where they can get um you know the best clients that stay and so on, especially for younger companies or uh, SMEs like small, medium enterprises, etc. That they try a lot of different markets, and they try a lot of different uh, decision, like ways of getting into the decision makers, etc. But um, if you have a tool that just build that knowledge for you, it's it's a major, it, it's a major efficiency. Um, 
um, improver. Okay. And and what what would you say? What's your what's the most fun or your favorite part of of the of the whole experience of of taking a company and, and building what you guys are building? The most fun is definitely, you know, the whole journey from being two people to being 10 people and 30 people and to, to meet those people and, you know, feel that classical uh, startup family, uh, you know, let me, let me do that again. Let me do that yeah. again. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll ask the question again. So, yeah. so what is your favorite part, would you say, of the entire process of building the company, the Zapplify? Yeah. So that's really going from being only two founders to being 10 people to being 30 people and getting to know those people uh, on a very deep level because you spend a lot of time together and uh, you you're not just building uh that company or the product you're also making very good friends and you're working for something big together and there's a there's a i don't know energy in 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 that that i really really love and uh that's that's definitely uh the most fun part i would say okay and um it's so what what would you say your superpower is? what are you naturally good at would you say just comes naturally to you for me it's um it's been different different things actually throughout the throughout the journey but i would say that overall it is um finding you know finding small gaps within the product or the organization or the sales process or, or whatever, finding bottlenecks, gaps, whatever, and really to sit down and think, okay, how can we make this better? Or how, how, can, how can we remove this bottleneck? And just always work on, you know, improving the, improving and tightening the whole, the whole startup as a, as a whole thing. That's what I would say. Okay, very cool. Yeah, and um, so where do you see the future of Zapplify? What do you, what, it, you know, so you guys are fully, it's 10 years, we're in 20, 2032. Uh, what, what is, where is Zapplify? Uh, what are you guys doing at that time? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it's the, the whole, the, the ultimate goal for me is that uh, who, whatever company you, you, you talk to that are doing sales, um, they, that they would have Zapplify in their sales stack. That would be the ultimate goal for me. And that when, when a salesperson goes to a new, a new company and, uh, they don't have Zapplify, the natural question is, you know, how can you not have Zapplify? <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like. If, if you would go to a company and they don't have either, you know, HubSpot, Pipedrive, or Salesforce today. Okay, very cool. Nice. And um, so you kind of mentioned the persistence part where you could have easily, you know, packed it in because things, it sounds like things got tough. 
uh, when, when coronavirus and the whole world was shutting down and a co-founder that you guys were excited about didn't end up working out and you guys took, took the trip over to move over so that things are not working out. Um, what would you say, um, really helped you guys kind of get through that time, getting through those hard times? Yeah, that was, that, that's a good question. Um, I mean, since we, I think, I haven't really reflected too much on it, but uh, I think because we had, we already have this, we, we had the proof of concept and customers were happy with it, even though they had a lot of feedback and improvements, of course, because it was only you know, a three month months development process uh, to, to, to get it in place. And since we knew that, we knew that there, there is a concept and, and it will, it, it does stick already, but with the, this vision and that little proof of concept, we know that if we do this, if we just, you know, continue past this little bump in the road, we, we both knew, both me and Oscar, we knew that it will succeed. Mm -hmm. you, you, you never know, but you believe very strongly in it. So that's, that gave a drive to just continue. Okay. Yeah, and I know it sounds like you guys were working your butts off. Um, so <laughs> it sounds like uh, the work ethic is not, not lacking from your guys' team. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no. Um, I also wanted to ask you, where, where do you think um, other startups go wrong a lot of times, um, uh, you know, early stage that, that don't really make it, don't really make it to where you guys are at? Uh, what do you think yeah. are kind of like common reasons that uh, other startups don't make it over, over to where you guys are at? Yeah, um, I, think, I think it depends on how, how uh, senior the founders are if they've done previous ventures. I mean, both me and Oscar were, were very young and there are a lot of great young entrepreneurs uh, out there. And um, for, I mean, I think, I think the, the best or the, the, the most clear, um, the most clear thing I've seen there is that people might spend a little too much time um, working internally with the product and working um, to, to get this, you know, perfect uh, product before they actually try it out and try to launch it. But that, that's what I've seen. I've seen it uh, a couple of times and it's, it's always heartbreaking when you do your first launch because you will get a lot of feedback and it's super, that's also where it's super important to be open to that feedback and not just, you know, say that, Anna, they just don't understand or, or, you know, uh, and continue, like just bring in feedback early, at least when you're, when you're, you know, working in a SaaS company, because there's, there's just a lot of uh, parameters in it. And it, the customer is always, always right in the end. What would you say is the hardest part for you going through like the whole tech startup process? The hardest part? Um, I or the, mean, the not so fun part? <laughs> the not so fun part. Yeah, no, but that, that would be, that would be, it's a very good question. Um, 
damn, I, I don't have a straight ans answer to that actually. But uh, if I if I have to say if I have to say one thing, yeah, I mean, all right. So the hardest thing with being in a tech startup is uh, aligning the de departments. I would say, and just you know, make the whole organization move as a whole as you're you're scaling, right? Because there's more people coming in, new people. They don't know the product as well as the very early employees, and you know, it's just keeping it, keeping it startupy, keeping it as a big family, and uh, everyone working in the same direction. That's that's the hardest part now as well. Okay, very cool. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time, Kevin. Um, I know it's been a while since uh, since we connected there um, at the conference, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward. I'll follow everything that you guys are working on. So super excited for for you guys. So yeah. Thanks a lot. No, great to be on. Zach. Okay. Awesome. Thank th everybody else. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to follow Kevin um, and everything that he's uh, working on, where where can we find you, Kevin? <laughs> you can find me on, on on LinkedIn. I guess that's that's the best place to start. And uh, you uh, just find me by going on slash Kevin Oskin. Okay, and be sure to visit their website because um, Kevin Kevin built their website, so it's it's top notch. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah. All right. Have a have a have a good day, Kevin. <laughs>